Welcome to Charm the Water. I'm actually going to leave this little timer over here so I can better track time. Uh, welcome to Charm the Water. My name is Aaron David. This is my favorite day. It is Friday, day of Venus. And uh, we're going to look at the MCIC axis. So these are two angles and uh, they separate the chart into the western and eastern hemisphere. And um, if you look up some of this stuff, I guess from internet astrology stuff, uh, they'll talk about um, maybe things like id and ego, subconscious IC, uh, conscious egoic MC. Um, you may see some stuff about the IC representing uh, parents, family, heritage, roots, uh, the core personality before like five six years old influenced by the home life and um etc etc uh I, I don't like to look at too much book stuff because you need to look at this for you and decide what is the meaning here for me so as an example since this is <laughs> my natal chart uh we'll do that um so I see or underworld or is in Aries um, when I got to Mars and did the Mars initiation uh, there were some very martial figures emerged uh, on the inner planes if you want to use that language and uh, they're very convincing about the reality of themselves and they reoccur. One of those figures that emerged for me at that time was somebody I call uncle. And I've talked about this before. Um, I've had a few encounters with him on the inner planes. And each time he is very commanding. Um, he usually has an entourage. And he's very military-esque. And I do believe he may actually be someone in my family lineage from, oh, back a few wars um, <clears throat> in Europe. Uh, he looks, definitely looks and feels like some type of military commander. Um, so he has highly impacted me in each of the times that I've encountered him. The things he said or done... Um, I continue to think about as my life progresses. This has been years back now. And, um, I'm wearing a ring. It's a gold ring that was my dad's. And it's bloodstone. Every time I look at it or every time I see the figure, the symbol of Aries, I think of this inner planes figure. And... Um, I already knew this, that the ring bloodstone was tied to him. Uh, I have two. One is more for ritual and one is my dad's ring that I every day wear. Um, I've told this before. Um, Kelly had a friend that had moved to Los Angeles and worked on movie sets and they hadn't seen each other since childhood. So she brings her partner and I go with Kelly out to eat with them. And I totally hijack 
all conversation for the rest of the night. And I feel bad about it still because her and her friend had not uh, seen each other since they were kids. So what we end up talking about is her friend's partner uh, said he was psychic. So I said, oh really? Um, why don't you hold my ring and see what you see? He did. And he saw the figure that I call uncle. And uh, he was visibly disturbed for the rest of the evening. <laughs> and what he told me he saw was what I saw. And, um, you know, if you've read Frater Ashen Chassan's, part of the pull of his work is he worked with a scryer. And uh, Kelly very much fills that office uh, in my magical work. When two people are witness to this strangeness that happens around theurgy and conjuration, um, it's just all that much more powerful and transformative. So here's somebody, you know, I've never met before. I just hand them my ring and they see who I have encountered before. They claim to be psychic. I think they truly are. <laughs> Absolutely. I know Kelly is. Um, it's not like it's an uncommon thing. The term psychic has all kinds of baggage, but uh, these are just areas that have no credibility and people are afraid uh, out of a morality to look in. Look into these things because uh, it's very much condemned in the Abrahamic founded uh, societies being a witch is what it's classified as and uh, I'm sure there are countries still burning us <laughs> stoning you know it may go back to that here you know I I don't doubt there are people in America that would stone me I mean we all know this it's so polarized people hate each other it's so sad, especially if you're into this hermetic work and you know, um, you just know better. It's sad to see this all around you. Uh, so that figure there, um, for me, represents discipline and also the consequences of Failing to be disciplined. It's very much a boot camp-esque martial environment. And trying to take the IC and say, does this have anything to do with how I was raised uh, my childhood? Um, I can say that anger, part of my Mars initiation was immediately... <laughs> Witnessing the road rage incident that these two guys blaring horns as soon as I call the spirit I can't see the street, but I hear these just blaring horns and That's how my Mars initiation was fired off um, That type of rage is what I'm talking about um, anger that just boils over like lava and just um, it's largely repressed uh, when it's there, and that's why it's explosive 
as it is. And each time it explodes, the ego says, see, uh, we can't do that. And it's repressed even, <laughs> even further. So growing up, I remember one dream in particular. Uh, I had to deal with, a lo- my mom and I both had to deal with my dad's explosive anger issues. And I remember one night dreaming of a faucet drip, 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 drip. And it seemed like it went on for hours. And waiting for each drip, there was the fear of something may explode. Rage may just pour forth at any moment. And it was just waiting for that to happen, measuring out these drips in that it's a state that people who have to live with people with anger issues and rage issues, they live under that, that feeling like this could explode at any minute. And I have to watch what I do constantly and, you know, guard myself and Constantly, my behavior is being adapted so that this won't won't happen. And it does anyway. And my dad, he just didn't get that out of anywhere. That was inherited behavior from his dad, uh, who was an alcoholic and had outlandish behavior. Alcoholics always come to outlandish behavior of some sort that is absolutely destructive. Um, And I don't even want to go into some of those stories. Before my dad died, he'd never talked about it because he was of the generation that believed. He actually believed talking about it made it worse. And he was just kind of a, in many ways, I mean, he, there's some tragic to his life. Looking back, he died in 2012 due to these things that I, at 42, can kind of look back and see much more about my father than I could, you know, with him alive as my father. Um, so where that anger emerged within me, uh, most obviously, it's been emerging my entire life. And I've been repressing it my entire life. But deep down within me, I'm fucking pissed off. <laughs> it's like the, uh, the uh, yes, the eyes will ignite in flame and I go from being the meekest, calmest person. It is a uh, transformation like um, Jekyll and Hyde or uh, what's the modern day Jekyll and Hyde? Uh, the green guy what is his name hulk and what is the guy's name that turns into the hulk i totally forget that but yeah you never know where the trigger is and so involving myself in trading i was getting triggered a lot and guess who is triggering me me my behavior was triggering me it's triggering that anger it's trying to get it to me to deal with it deal with it and uh so and with something like trading you'll either deal with it or be destroyed uh so i'm learning to not allow it 
to emerge and defeat me to where all I can do is rage like a some sort of beast you know ramming its head against the bars uh, you learn to let it flow through you and use it in productive ways and so in many ways that fiery masculine Aries type stuff is at my core driving me now if we look at the MC as the balance on this axis this Aries Libra axis what is Libra um, well number one my mom is a Libra and so she very much was an equilibrium in the home and she, so my midheaven being in Libra in the 10th uh, I think that is representative of her in my early life as an equilibrium and uh, I don't really want to go into all of that right now I don't know who does but uh, I spent a lot of time by myself um, at home with my mom who you know in the 1980s in a very uh, fundamentalist Christian household uh, rigid morality I was always being you know don't do that that is unholy don't watch that that's unholy uh, and it wasn't so much my parents saying that it was the brainwashing my parents were receiving every Sunday and coming home and relaying to me that wasn't really my parents um, I can't blame them for it but uh, in many ways that has forged who I am um, and finding some way to equilibrize in, in my who I am in relation to what's happened to me and what I've come through and what I learned from it and integrating it all and choosing to grow from it rather than keep stuffing it down and just letting it rot inwardly uh, it's gonna come out and I think this is why I had such a powerful Venus experience so on this axis this Libra Aries axis I'm gonna go ahead again this is my natal chart um, did I do that right no crap okay I'm gonna put Venus up here we'll also put the moon up there and so you can see my natal moon is in Libra uh, the midheaven is right next to it both in the 10th house and Venus is in the second house in Aquarius and it's trying the moon and is that trying trying the moon and trying the midheaven and sextile the underworld so if you're looking at something like this in your own natal chart where the MC IC is how you could proceed is googling MC in the 10th in Libra 
and you're going to get just a lot of a lot of stuff and it's almost like you have to become a master of uh, discernment to pick out the things that are useful and the things that are not. Um, the older, more traditional books, I'm sure, are just as elucidative. Things can be drawn from them. But as for taking any one source as uh, the perfect descriptor for, say, Moon in Libra in the 10th, uh, no, uh, you need to be looking at your life and your experiences and what's going on with you internally and externally. How does that describe, how do these celestial arrangements, do they describe something there? Is there something going on there? And, um, you know, as I said, working with the scryer through the uh, seven spheres, uh, this is no surprise to me here. And um, my my experience in Venus very, very much had to do with my mother. So that's fascinating that they psychologized um, newspaper astrology out there. They're like, yeah, the Midheaven could pertain to, I think more traditionally the mother I'm not really sure. I am definitely not an astrology expert. But I just find this fascinating going back and looking at this stuff through the uh, record of experiences I have from all the initiations and conjurations. I can put these in a whole different light and garner more understanding from them now that I'm becoming aware of this, these things, and I can tell you these angles and the axes they create, they are extraordinarily powerful, especially around the middle of things, around 15 degrees. I don't know what it is about that, but uh, it's sensitive. I just, that's all I can say. <laughs> Venus is at 23 degrees, Aries at 26, Moon at 19 degrees. So, I don't know where we are. Where did my time thing go? It disappeared. Um, I think that's basically all I want to say about it. You could also psychologize the Midheaven as... Uh, being the thing that your ego and all of its defense mechanisms from the stuff that happened down here <laughs> where is it headed what is it forming what kind of form is it taking on and that can be in be seen in here uh, for me this is venus And Libra stuff. Um, pertaining to 10th house stuff. I think that's an important part of it. So 10th house is, you know, who, who do you become in life? Uh, you know, how do you survive? 
So career is the most notable keyword you're going to hear associated with the 10th house. Um, what I do in trading, every time I pull up a chart, I'm looking for equilibrium. I'm looking for the equilibrium point. Um, if we want to get crazy, the tool I use to find that is the Fibonacci retracement tool. And I don't know if uh, you're familiar with Fibonacci. I think before I got involved with trading, I just thought of it as, yeah, it's some kind of mathematical something. And they say like, you know, this snail shells and all the spiral stuff, something new agey sacred geometry, I guess. Uh, I'm not sure. But now... Um, there is not only is Fibonacci how I find equilibrium in trading just at a glance, um, but Fibonacci sequence uh, is also called the gold, golden ratio and it's embodied in the pentagram. And if you know about Venus's movement, we're talking astrology now. We have a direct relation. I'm not going to go into that, all that in this show. A uh, direct mathematical relation to Venus's movement within the heavens to Fibonacci. So that in itself, looking at this chart, going over what I've just gone over, isn't that fucking fascinating? I think it's, it's wild. Pretty wild. All right, I think I'm going to leave it here for uh, today and uh, say until next time. Hope you have a good one.